Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Singer-songwriter Arlo Parks is a compelling new voice in music. Born in London, the 22-year-old snagged the Best New Artist trophy at the Brit Awards in 2021, in part because of her breakout single, Eugene, about an unrequited crush. Arlo's songwriting is a vivid exploration of the euphoria and heartbreak that comes with being young and in love. She pulls inspiration from a diverse palette of music, including Ethiopian folk, Radiohead, and Diggable Planets. She's found a way to expertly weave all of those influences into her work. This month, Arlo Parks will release her sophomore record called My Soft Machine. She collaborated with producers who worked with Brockhampton, SZA, and Frank Ocean and even produced some of it herself. The album unpacks the anxiety of feeling lost in your 20s and navigating the uncertainty of life with grace. On this week's episode, I talk with Arlo about how seeing black creators pushing the boundaries of popular music inspires her. She also explains how taking long drives around L.A. shaped the sound of her new album and how she first started writing songs at just seven years old. Plus, we'll hear Arlo play three of her songs live from the Village Studios in Los Angeles. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Before we jump into my conversation with Arlo Parks, let's hear a live acoustic performance of her new song, Impurities. Buzzing like a bluebird cage Laugh like Julia Up in our 
I've like listened to it like it's a song that I find like I repeat like three mm. or four times when I listen because it's such like a feeling of just like elation mm. and freedom and and that emotion really is so in that song that I, I, I just usually play it a few times over because I'm like I love that feeling like I need to, if I could <laughs> bottle that <laughs> you yeah. know yeah and that's exactly how it feels to me like it, I wanted to capture that feeling of like either you're coming back from a night out you're coming back from the beach with people that you feel completely safe with and the sun is setting and everyone's just kind of quite serene yeah and like a few people are dozing off and like everyone is just content and that's exactly what i wanted those moments man if you could just like freeze them where it's like mm. everything is like perfect yeah you know? and they're always like moments of quiet or something mm. after like a big thing or a little whatever it's just like it was just like whoa like Life couldn't get better than this it's moment peace. right it's here. It's peace. And I think the biggest thing 
that is like hard about being human is that those moments do end, but that shouldn't be a reason to like not let them be, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of it is just accepting that even the most beautiful moments and the most painful ones, like at some point they will end. It's all transient. Mm. It really is. Yeah. I had no conception really mm. of how old you were beyond just knowing like when I first heard your music, which I guess was 2018. Yeah. But I was like, whoa. Like I was 17 then. Yeah, I literally was 17. I mean, not to, not to stereotype <laughs> what the art young people make, but it sounds very mature, you know, I think fully that, formed. I think honestly, it's just because I spent so much of my life when I was growing up just practicing. Like it just Practicing what? Just practicing writing, practicing like just being a student of what I was seeing around me and like making a lot of really bad, silly songs. I just at a very early age decided to like dedicate my life to like the practice of writing and expression, not necessarily singing, but just like storytelling. And I would write every single day. So by the time I put out a song from the age of like seven or eight, I was like writing every day. And so, yeah, I, I had a lot of experience in that way. What inspired that? At such a young know. age, at seven or eight. To... I don't know. I was just very curious. And my imagination was just so like insane that i I, ha I needed a place to put all of that and i just got a lot of joy from just like making up these little like fantasy worlds M more insane than the average seven or eight year olds I imagination maybe not i feel like i just had that urge to, to put it somewhere i feel like a lot of people maybe would like make up little games with their friends or you know would stay quite contained but i always had this urge to write things down and to document them was anyone in your family no. writing or a writer no or? no one everyone in my family is like like engineers and lawyers and accountants like no one is really remotely creative my dad really likes jazz music and listens to a lot of music but no one is like remotely creative in any way wow if no one in your family maybe inspired you to do that were you seeing art or hearing art i grew up with the internet and with youtube and my uncle gave me a collection of records and that was like an interesting way into the world of records and world building and he had a really interesting taste because he's french and so there was a lot of like french music french funk but also like l cool j and tupac and like Sade. Tupac. yeah amazing and like it was such an eclectic mix of things and i think that started it for me because i was like maybe like nine or ten and then growing up with the internet on YouTube, I could just go down these little rabbit holes and like see Radiohead perform at Glastonbury, like see people like Odd Future kind of like blossoming online and being like weird and black and like yeah. crazy. You know, yeah. I, was, I was watching that rap caviar thing that Tyler Creator did like yesterday night. Beautiful, right? And it was so beautiful. And I feel like I'm part of that generation because I remember seeing that, seeing the colorful clothing and like just that sense of energy and just these people being disruptors and making yeah. like weird stuff. And I was like, I can do that. I don't know if they know how important that was mm. for so many people. By that point, I was in college at that point. Yeah. And I remember feeling like, oh shit, like these are my people. Finally, mm. you know? like Yeah, exactly. And that's always what has kind of inspired me. And I think growing up, I always did have a sense that the music that I liked was an interesting kind of pod of music everything from ambient music to like my bloody valentine and then i also really loved like diggable planets but i also loved like jazz music and like ethiopian folk music yeah, like i just yeah. had this world of things and i was like okay maybe i can distill this maybe i can create a kind of 
little collage almost of all the things that I like because I didn't feel like anyone else had that specific taste. I'm trying to imagine what listening to Tupac in England and you're like nine or ten years old and it's like 2009, 2010 Mm. and you're hearing Pac. Like what was, you know, I think of Pac, I grew up out here Mm. and I was like six when he was killed. So like that's that's, my memory is like it was a bunch it was a bunch of chaos Mm. and then he like was killed and it was it was like, oh, you know, it was like almost scary. I just trying to imagine what that vibe was like for you. I think for me it was, yeah, it did feel like a world that was very alien to the one that I was living in, but I loved the fact that even though I hadn't lived any of the experiences that he was talking about, I could picture it. Like, it was so vivid, mm-hmm. the storytelling. And and I think I've kind of carried that forward, that sense of, like, the spoken word and feeling like someone is telling you their truth and that sense of rhythm and also just how that can kind of really bring communities together and move people and yeah I think I was just moved by the way that he painted these really vivid scenes of like a place that was so far away from where I was as a kid yeah there is a lot of that in your songwriting like I know you're gonna play Eugene for us that's the song in particular Mm. that I, I when I hear I'm like oh man that's mm. like that's really laying it out there like definitely definitely that song is like I, I feel like it's the first time that I was really kind of like stripping myself bare in that way but I think that the way that the song kind of traveled in the world and the kind of queer experience that it captured I think it's kind of like what you were saying before where I felt like it was an experience that only I had gone through. And then when I put it out into the world, people were just like holding up mirrors to themselves and being like, wow, I this is what I lived, whether it was mm. 20 years ago or this is what I'm in now. So I think that fear kind of melted away once I just started getting a reaction from people. But yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's always scary. It always feels very... I don't know, just exposing. But yeah. I'm kind of used to it now because I'm doing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm used to just being out here. When I was knew we were going to do this, I was like, man, I should think about like, why, like, what is it that attracted me to your music? I think there's a lot of things, but one of the main things was I realized was the writing. Mm. You know, people who are like songwriters, it can be obtuse and that can be cool but it's like it, it uh, and, and there's some mystery to I think mm. what you're writing but there's also like some of it's really evocative. You know, mm. like just even like on, on your first song, like your Coca-Cola eyes, like, mm. you know, I think I've thought about that phrase meaning three different things since the first time I've heard it. You know, the first mm. time I heard it, I interpreted that one way. It was very vivid. It made me think of like a Coca-Cola bottle mm. and like being like this person's like wide eyed. And then I was like, oh, it's like a person on cocaine. Yeah. But it's such an evocative line. And even um your new song, Impurities, there's a, there's some evocative stuff in there, too. And the way you reference people. like I love it. I, I can't stop myself. <laughs> I love when you reference people, you know? <laughs> Gerard Ray, Claire Danes, uh, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, wow. I don't know why I have the instinct to do that. I think when it comes to my taste in writing, it's something that I really can't explain. Like, I guess it is just a mixture of my favorite writers and my favorite influences. I think a lot of it is just like a love of, of film. When did you start loving film? When did that mm. happen? I think, honestly, it was a little bit later in my life. I mean, my short life. Uh, <laughs> so probably when I was, like, in my late teens, I really started, like, throwing myself into film, especially, like, international film. Like, I never really explored, like, Brazilian film and Iranian film and just actually really spreading out into different cultures and the way that they approach storytelling. And I think that really bled into the work because there was this sense of wanting to 
paint these scenes as they were unfolding in front of my eyes and picking out these specific details. And, you know, the people who are listening to my music aren't, like, living my life and maybe they weren't there. But there is something about, like, detailing, like, the eyelash on somebody's cheek or, like, what exact song was playing on the CD when this happened and the exact tone of brown of the floor. Like, I really love that sense of detail and, and I think that happens so naturally the details little details really create like a point for mm. like the for me as a listener to really all of a sudden be transported you know like yeah it does like the hard work of getting me in and then like all the other things that are maybe a little more open for interpretation or whatever can kind of like now i'm like in a frame of mind where i can really interpret those things mm. in an interesting way you know but when you say like claire danes and it's like you're automatically like i know i just it's like a shortcut it's like mm. i know what you're saying like yeah. I, shorthand for like this feeling you know i think it's interesting to have also that balance right between those really clear anchors that are so specific and can't really be interpreted in any other way and then parts of it that feel more fluid and that are just open and it's like yeah. you know when you embrace my impurities and i feel clean again like there's maybe a more obvious way to interpret that but then it can like blossom into a million different ways of thinking and i think i like having that balance because I think being specific as well makes it feel like it's something that, you know, I really lived and, and it is. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That idea of like the personal being general to mm. we all feel like our experiences are so personal to us. Mm. But, you know, human experience is in some degree limited. So like mm. much of what we go through, a lot of other people have gone through just in other variations, mm. you know. So the idea of like the personal sort of being the more specific and the more personal you can get, actually the more kind of broad appeal you're opening up. You exactly, know? exactly. And I feel like the the songs that have moved me and like moved the world in in the biggest sense are the ones that feel like they were written just for you and everyone feels that way, you know, <laughs> which is kind of impossible, but that's how I feel. I was thinking about like Coachella's coming up. I remember seeing Radiohead there back in oh, the uh, that's so funny so that was literally gonna be like Radiohead were you thinking of Radiohead yeah I was yeah. thinking Radiohead <laughs> I mean I just love Radiohead so I'm always thinking about Radiohead but yeah What? when did you when did you get on to Radiohead probably when I was about 17 and I just fell completely in love I feel like it really informed those first few songs that I was doing those first few EPs because I was listening to songs like House of Cards and Weird Fishes and Videotape and <sighs> And just like the warmth and the texture, I was like, how did they make instruments sound like that? There is this sense of minimalism, but everything is so intentional. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of like blossomed into like Kid A and listening to Amnesiac and thinking Amnesiac, about the more so good. electronic elements. Honestly, my favorite band of all time. And, and I've never seen them live. Really? No, never. I really, really need to. I saw the smile in Copenhagen, but I haven't seen it. I wanted it. to see them. Yeah. How was it? It was so good. Like Johnny Greenwood, like doing his like guitar with a bow thing <laughs> and the bow's just exploding and he looks like the same age as he always yeah, has. Yeah, he's never, he's, he's just a never changed. wizard. I love him. We have to pause for a short break, but before we go, let's hear Arlo Parks play Eugene from her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. Violet. 
Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. 
the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more of my conversation with Arlo Parks. What was the first music that felt like your own music? Mm. That like you kind of discovered and felt like this is... That's interesting. I think I think the first people that I really clung onto were actually like singer-songwriters. Like listening to like Carrie and Lowell by Sophie and Stevens. Mm. Listening to Either Or by Elliot Smith. <sighs> yeah. Listening to Blue by Joni. Like just these really kind of like emotional especially when you're like 15 and you're like going through it all for the first time big emotions exactly (laughs) big emotions like everything felt on like such a massive scale even if in the grand scheme of things it's like a tiny minor inconvenience Um, (laughs) and I feel like I really aligned with that and I think that's something I've always kind of taken with me that sense of being really like emotional and like you know open heart surgery like those lyrics always come from this really deep place and it's everything is kind of overflowing and brimming and I think I've always taken that element into my music and then maybe moved away from it sonically but always having that thread through like how I write meaning like you feel like the songs as you write them end up sounding very different from what the record sounds like yeah no I mean mean more that when listening to people like Elliot Smith or Joni I try and kind of carry that essence in terms of how they write gotcha. but the actual kind of sonic world always like moves in a million different directions got you got yeah. you that's really interesting also interesting that those are two la transplants yeah that is true actually which i guess you've just recently moved to la right yeah no i have and there is something about like reading like jones idiom when you're in california like how you know it just everything aligns everything i'm from aligns. california but still it's like reading joan didion in california or listening to a joni mitchell Song, listening in to like Joni Mitchell Canyon or in Laurel Canyon yeah. as I'm driving you know I have to <laughs> anytime I drive th- like up Laurel Canyon I'm like I gotta think about Joni or think <laughs> about you know the mamas and the papas or something it's like yes. it just it's that effect even though I've lived in my whole life it's never gone away yeah. like this is a magical place still you know I agree was a lot of your writing for your new record done here or was it yeah I mean that's kind of how I really got to start knowing LA I was coming back and forth for sessions so 
in London, I was working with Paul Atworth, who's like one of my oldest collaborators. But in LA, I kind of started building this little community out of people who I really loved and trusted for the second record. And I started just having so much fun with my music. Like I just felt infused with this new energy when I was here and just driving around and like going to the beach, going to Big Bear, making weird little bands with my friends for the day and just like really enjoying the process of making my second record. I suddenly felt like LA was an adventure that I needed to have. And and I kind of made the leap quite randomly. And I feel so happy here. I feel so at home. Did you like set out to move here or was it, did it just sort of happen? It kind of happened like gradually, yeah. I just realized I was like, I'm here all the time, but I still tell everyone that I absolutely don't live here. So maybe I should just move, yeah. How did you find your community here? I feel like that's something that people oftentimes say that they they Mm. struggle with. Yeah, I mean, I guess I have an easy route in in terms of music and just being a fan of music before anything. And for example, like with Ramil, from Brockhampton, I just loved his production and I and I loved all the references that I had kind of seen him pull from and I knew he loved the Beatles and I knew he loved like the Neptunes and pop music, but also like folksy music. Like he just had this really intense love of music and I could tell. And so I just said like, do you wanna just get in the studio? And the first day we met, we made Impurities and I could kind of feel that we had this synergy and it kind of just branched off from that. Like the same with Buddy, like, his chords on all the Frank Ocean stuff are absolutely beautiful. And I was like, hey, like, I'm here now. Like, do you want to do something? And and it happened like that, just so organically. Wow. So Impurities was the first session yeah. with Ramo. Yeah, exactly. Can you walk me through the creation? It's funny because with Ramil, we always kind of make, we always hang out and then like make music in the background almost. So we were just chatting for like five hours, driving around, getting coffee, like listening to Jay Paul. And then he kind of pulled up this little sample and I was like, oh, I like that. And I sang over it and everything just kind of came out. And then we just went back to hanging out. Like it was just this <laughs> like our little pool of magic. And I think I always know when I can really trust somebody like the first session if something that profound comes out it means that we do have a genuine bond because it does take a lot of vulnerability and trust to kind of allow someone to witness you in that like very soft and inward space so I knew immediately that yeah we were going to make music together for a long time when you heard that sample and you started singing over it were you singing the the words as they turned out to be on the record or were you just so I sang, it always happens where I hear I hear the chord or the sample or whatever, and then a melody will come to me and I'll kind of voice note what I hear, put it into sections, like structure it out a bit in my mind. Yeah. And then I have my notebook, which is just like a collection of phrases and textures and references and just things that I want to say. And then my heart just gets drawn to whatever's on that page. I'm like, okay, like I just had written down something like impurities, clean, like Escalade, laugh like Juliet, but not like all of these little notes. And then they just kind of, the fragments form this whole. That's beautiful. So, so just so I understand, so you'll kind of structure out just like a melody. So Mm -hmm. not even necessarily words could be just scatting or whatever, like vocalese or whatever, you know, like, but you come up with what you feel like the verse, if there's a bridge, exactly. bridge, of course. So it's almost like then you find what in your writing in your book connects to connects what you're feeling the, in this song. Exactly, exactly. And I think it didn't always happen that way around. But just with this record, I started finding this almost like 
I know it felt cosmic the way that melodies were coming to me and mm. it always came first. So I kind of started like weaving the words into what I had melodically to kind of create a story. Did you do as much driving home in London? No, because I learned to drive here. So has driving impacted? So much. Because you saying that you were driving around five hours talking and then it sort so of came much. to you. Yeah. Like for the, there was, when I think about it, a lot of, this record came to life in cars because there's a song on the record called Devotion, which is kind of inspired. Well, the name was inspired by the Mary Oliver collection of poems, but the oh, actual yeah. music was like Smashing Pumpkins, like Yolo Tango, Deftones, My Bloody Valentine. Like I wanted to create something heavier, but then you were also, going hard. You're, you're going yeah, hard when I you drive. Going, I was going in, <laughs> and like, but then we were also listening to Seventeen Days by Prince, and I just loved the like drama of it. And I was like, I want to create something that's like so dramatically romantic, with the backdrop of like these heavy, like smashing guitars. And we were just driving around, and it just all came together, and that's what we made. Mm. 17 days that's the greatest that's my i mean there's it's so hard to pick up but 17 uh, days is consistently i think the greatest prince song of my mind so special so special i just love the groove he gets locked into have you heard the demo version that he has on piano no it's online and it's amazing like he's just like ripping the piano oh i gotta hear that i gotta hear that i love that it's interesting too, though, like it doesn't sound like this record's not necessarily like a dramatic departure. Like it feels like distinctly its own thing. Mm. It feels separate from the first album, but it doesn't feel like, oh, like clearly this was the first album written in the UK, yeah. different thing. And like this is like, oh, this is an LA, you know, mm. it's a uh, second album, LA album. Like there's a lot of continuity between the two. And it's like all the things that I feel like I love from the first carry over. Yeah, I think I wanted, I definitely wanted to have that blank slate approach but then also still recognize the fact that there are things about me that I do want to keep as a thread in terms of the way that I speak and the way that I kind of choose to tell stories about love or loss but I did instrumentally just want to have complete free reign and you know be able to really put more of my references into the music like I feel like people don't really know how much I love like IDM music, how much I love Avex Twin and Boards of Canada and ambient music or, you know, putting more moments of like ESG and like Zamian Funk and the music that I really connect to. I think the first record had more of a sense of quite minimal warmth and this one is more of a journey kind of through everything that moves me and that I love. We need to take another quick break, but before that, let's hear Arlo Parks perform an acoustic version of her new song, Blades. I'm exhausted Watching light clad Danes through the water Kitchen light like blades through your body The party's a place We grew apart when you were fighting with your sister Don't think I realized how horribly I missed you now Regret is flowering inside me
As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with the rest of my conversation with Arlo Parks who tells us about the inspiration behind her new song, Blades, that she just performed live before the break. Tell me about making Blades. Mm. Uh, so I made that song with Paul Epworth at Church Studios in Crouch End in London. And I feel like when I make music with Paul, there is just this real playfulness. Like I feel like we're just two kids running around, banging on things, and we just come up with beautiful music and neither of us really know how because we were just in a fugue state all day <laughs> um and this one came during what i call the magic week which is where we got three songs in like four or five days for the record and i just wanted to create something that felt euphoric like this sense of freedom and this sense of like bittersweetness and having that balance between light and shade that i feel kind of colors the record and we were listening to a lot of esg and like weird deep cuts that i found like on nds radio and he just started playing drums. And I was like, hmm, what's that? And he was like, oh, I got this new sampler. And he just started playing that sample. And then I started singing. And then the rest is a blur. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happened? But it was magic. What about like that um, almost spoken word bridge? Mm. Honestly, I feel like I include those moments because there's so much more than I want to say that doesn't fit into the melody there's just too much to say so I'm just like okay I'll, I'll parcel off this little chunk where I can just continue the story and I wanted it to almost sound like a stream of consciousness like an inner monologue where you see someone across the room and you're kind of like oh I can see them laughing and they're covering their hand with their teeth oh I remember how much she said she hated her teeth oh is she wearing the same perfume like that kind of inner yeah. rambling and then opening up into this like sentiment coming back to again and again that you can't live without this person would you mind reciting that little part mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so i make my way over as the white lightning zigzags and you're with ahmed plum red slacks and tequila fraser and you laugh the same hand on mouth because you hate your teeth but i love your teeth and i'm scared to speak as i catch a whiff of your rose diptyque <laughs> so cool <laughs> how much of the specifics in that like mm. the name particularly like does that come from real life or like are you writing about real people i'm writing about real people but i often don't use real names because i'm scared i was talking about this with my friend romi uh from the xx we were talking about it and i was thinking i was like well when that person comes to my show like i don't want them to know how much they hurt me like i don't want them to be able to recognize themselves and the music, but I feel like with this record, I just kind of let go of that fear. Because you do have to 
be real and I feel like when you bend reality too much it doesn't feel like a release to talk about it so you just kind of have to be unfiltered as much as possible what is that the reality of that though so for your art you feel like you have to for the sake of creating something real you feel like mm -hmm. you really have to throw your whole self into it including the people around you like your real mm -hmm. life experiences and does the reality of that ever like sort of settle in where you're like damn like oh, I'm gonna feel a little open now <laughs> you know definitely definitely I think when I write the song, I'm always like, oh, that exactly captured how I felt. And then I start to realize that it's not just for me and my three friends. And then it's going <laughs> to go onto the internet and everyone will be able to know. But at the same time, when I think about like my favorite songs, I think about Say Yes by Elliot Smith mm. or like Biscuit by Portishead or whatever it might be. And there is this sense of someone being open completely. Yeah, That's why it moves me. Like that's why I feel like it just gets me because that person has just been fearless with how open they've been yeah that's a really advanced place to be where you can be <laughs> that that open you know mm. that honest with with yourself even just with yourself forgetting mm. that just you know the people around you just it yourself. is hard you know and i think it's interesting because when a lot of people tell their stories i feel that like there is that sense of kind of wanting to be the hero of a situation. I think it can be difficult to be like, actually, I was wrong on this. Actually, I was being jealous or I was bitter or I was being petty, you know, like yeah. being able to actually show the experience as three-dimensional. I feel like that does take a lot of honesty, but at the same time, it feels so much more human when you hear that kind of song. Yeah. It's also like, <laughs> I think back to being 22 and just like the the ripples through your sort of social life that can be caused by like <laughs> saying one cross thing or, you know, <laughs> one thing the wrong way or, you know, and it's just like, oh man, you know, mm. that's yeah, a scary thing. Yeah, it is scary. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like when I have that little kind of nudge of fear internally, I'm like, okay, I'm like breaching new ground here. It feels scary, but that means I'm doing something that is beyond what I did before. How do you balance moving to a new place like LA, writing a record, touring, like just like the responsibilities that come with being a working artist, mm. the, the press, stuff like today, you know, having <laughs> to come do this. I feel like I am someone who thrives in like how urgent this lifestyle is. Like, I feel like I find it really hard to slow down and that's something I actually have to practice because I'm working every day pretty much. And I feel like I have to kind of, really work at resting because I know that I'm always like moving and have quite like a frenetic energy so I really want to do things that are like active rest whether it's like cooking or going for walks or stepping outside of things but I think because I love what I do so much and it kind of just soaks into everything that I do I find it hard to kind of step away and find balance and I think there are some things about being an artist that I really love and things that I feel find a little bit more challenging. I think I love being in the studio and being around people and collaborating and, you know, being a creative soul because that's what I am. But I think sometimes having to explain the music, having to kind of break down my identity and why I made certain creative choices and who I am, I think that can be a little bit more tricky for me. And just to be perceived like that, like I just want to be a little hermit. Yeah. <laughs> you only want to be able to like kind of like put it out. Yeah, let the exactly. Cards and fall then run away. Do, yeah. And then, yeah, and like you're nowhere to be found. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want. That's my dream. 
maybe that can happen. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, there's been artists over time, some of my favorite artists, like, I mean, mm-hmm. like a prince, you know? Like, yeah. Just like, I think it's interesting, though, because I remember my friend Ocean was talking about this, where it was like, we Frank talk- Ocean or just Ocean? No, no, no. Ocean Wong. <laughs> okay. He's like a writer. Um, but oh, no, oh, oh, oh my yeah, friend. No, yeah, yeah, my friend Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Ocean. No. Um, yeah, Ocean was talking to me about the idea of prayers, and I was asking if he enjoyed it. And he had a really interesting perspective on it where he was like, okay, it can be draining and tiring, but I like the fact that I'm given the opportunity to kind of set up the context for what I did and what I meant rather than have someone come in and do it for me if I'm silent and I don't explain it at all and I was like I do actually like the idea of being able to state what I wanted to do with my work what I'm talking about rather than having somebody come in and maybe just take things the wrong way or twist things or explain it in a way that I don't like so I'd rather be there saying it I guess that's a fair point you, you, you're not allowing other people to sort of make determinations for you yeah exactly it's frustrating as setting the records yeah. right? <laughs> it's having to do it or needing to do it <laughs> you're like an indie artist from the UK mm. now you're in a like do you find that the pressures of the industry can be like a little stronger or the currents can be a little stronger here than I don't know I feel like I'm quite good at just creating a little island of people around me and I don't really know what's going on outside of that I think you know obviously there's always a sense of pressure but I kind of like the fact that I'm in this kind of new space that I'm navigating I don't really have that much awareness of like whether it's like certain clicks or like how people work or like what's the right thing to do or clout or whatever I just don't really know what's going on so I'm just in my own little way moving through the city and I just feel like I've been lucky like I've just found a lot of good people I think who even if I do feel that sense of pressure I can talk to and like feel accepted by and we can just sit down and have a coffee and if I do feel like I'm under pressure or I'm burning out like there are a lot of people that are here to listen and I know not everyone has that so I'm happy do you find your parents kind of understand what you're doing? Um, over time, because it's been like five years now, over time I've managed to kind of try and explain the framework of what it is that I'm doing. But it's so hard to understand it from the outside. Like even the idea of a photo shoot or traveling or all of these things, like it's really difficult to explain like what it is that I do all day. Like I just like ha- talk and sing and like fly around and like you know it's just like really hard to explain it unless you're doing it and I think that's why it's good to have people who are both outside of the world completely where you can just hang out with them and they just don't really know what's going on and you can just be and then also having friends who are kind of embedded in that same world and you can understand each other that seems pretty healthy so you can get the kind of the the perspective moral support from the people who know which are going through day to day, but yeah. then also the people who are just like, who this gives is like a fuck? humbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, just like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. How do your parents like? Do you do? You, is there a line? Are they allowed to talk to you about this? Like, you know, you meet like, or do you kind of just like it is what it is? And I think it, yeah, it kind of just is what it is. I feel like they just have this really strong understanding of the fact that like. Yeah, I just kind of like write about what I need to get out and I show them the music and stuff and they're fans of it. But there is that like healthy boundary of they just kind of like let me say what I need to say. Without asking too many questions or being too involved. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's great. 
Well, uh, thanks so much for playing and and for talking. Yeah, playing and for, talking. For playing and talking <laughs> and, and, and dissecting your music. <laughs> <laughs> of course, thanks for having me. Thanks to Arlo Parks for talking through the inspiration for her new album, My Soft Machine. You can hear all of our favorite Arlo Parks songs on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Nisha Venkut, Jordan McMillan, and Eric Sandler. Our editor is Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription service that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for only $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.